Welcome to the Money Maven Project Podcast. If you're here to learn how to obtain freedom over your time and money through real estate investing, you're in the right place. Create the life you want by living with intention and becoming a maven in mindset, money, and real estate. Now, here's your host, Justin Monk. Hey, this is Justin Monk with the Money Maven Project Podcast. Super excited today. We've got Aaron Linney on the on the show here. We are going to be uh, fed some awesome content, awesome data on uh, mindset. And, and, and Aaron, you've got an awesome story. So why don't you just jump in? Give us kind of your bio. What what are you up to? What have you what have you done? And then and then give us some background. Man, I tell you what, you know, for me, I grew up. Uh, kind of my story is I grew up in a, you know, my dad was a doctor. I grew up in a nice area, you know, um, country club. You know, the whole thing. I went to a good school, and for me, you know, school wasn't really uh, that appealing to me. I I have a photographic memory. Um, you know, I. I felt like, you know, why are we learning this crap? I, I don't care about fractions and, and all these weird minus symbols and, I, you know, whatever. But but I didn't study and I, I would just memorize and make A's. And, you know, I played sports and baseball and stuff like that. And when I'm at, when my parents, I was getting into a lot of trouble in high school. Uh, not Nothing crazy, but just a lot of trouble and, and causing problems. And there was talk about boarding school and there was talk about, you know, what are we going to do? And, and it came to the conclusion that, that I was going to move to uh, the country, which was Southeast Texas, probably like two hours away mm-hmm. from Houston uh, to go to a different school. And uh, my mom and I moved there and I went from Richie nice area to, to the country. I mean, it was pretty much, I went from 1900 kids in my class to a hundred. Right. Wow. And everybody's wearing camo and <laughs> I'm trying to understand where the hell I am. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. here I am like a city, city boy. Right. Uh, but this is where my mom grew up. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was rough for me, you know, I mean, my shit, right. That I was, that I was rolling with, uh, might've flown in the city. It, it didn't fly out in the country and they called it out pretty left and right. So I'll be mm-hmm. honest with you. The first six months were pretty, I don't talk about that enough. The first six months were extremely terrible for me. Mm-hmm. Um, being displaced, uh, junior year of high school, you know, 17 years old, parents. And then four months into that, um, my parents uh, up and told me they were getting a divorce. Wow. Uh, and so, you know, then what I did, and this is very important in my story, what I did is I decided to tell myself that I was the reason my parents got divorced. So I created this story uh, at 17 that I was a problem child and my parents got divorced because of this. And this was the story that I wound up telling myself for 20 years. And it affected every part of my life, every relationship I was in, the chip on my shoulder, all these things, right? Because I didn't view my parents as humans. Like they could never have problems. It yeah. must have been me. You know, yeah, had been, and yeah. I, and I, yeah. And I think we, and I, all my coaching clients that I have now, this is what we do. Oh, well, that person didn't call me back. It must've been something I did. And then we, oh, then we create all this thing. And it, we, we jumped to the conclusion before the conclusions even happen. Right. And yeah. so I, I, I'm waiting tables. I, I get in a restaurant job. I'm, I'm 17. I'm, I'm expoing on bar backing. And if you're from the restaurant business, especially in those days, um, 
it was heavily populated with drugs and alcohol is mm -hmm. something that's very widely known. It's not mm -hmm. a, it's not something that's hidden. Um, and, and literally when I, when I waited tables, this is the, I, this is a true, this is not a joke. I'm, I'm being dead serious. When I trained, uh, the trainer walked around and goes, well, if you want Xanax, you can get it from that person. If you want meth, you can get it from that person. If you want cocaine, you can get it from that person. And so at an early age at 18, you know, I was introduced to alcohol and cocaine and always thought I was a person that could handle it, you know, but I'm highly ADHD. And so those amphetamines actually calmed me down a lot. Mm -hmm. And it was through the divorce, you know, that I wasn't really dealing with my dad not being around, you know, you're starting to hang out with friends and cope with drugs and alcohol. And then, you know, I got introduced to methamphetamine. Mm -hmm. And uh, I know Utah has a you know big problem with that, and 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 so does Texas and Arizona. And you know the difference between cocaine and meth is is, is you do cocaine and you're like ah, it goes away in like thirty minutes. No, no, no. You do you do meth and you're up for twenty four hours. And yeah, and it, and you're not you're not feeding your body with the things that you need. And so then you're then you're using other things as a crutch, alcohol, yeah. Um, yeah. Xanax, you know, and you're in this vicious cycle, right? And what happened to me was Friday nights turned into Saturdays and then Saturday turned into Sunday and I'm still working the whole time. Yeah. Uh, but what happened is I wound up staying up for seven days straight and I feeded it with uh, 40 Xanax trying to go to bed, still couldn't go to bed and hadn't eaten in seven days. And so I had lost like 20 pounds and, uh, and, uh, an ex, uh, ex girlfriend had saw me and she was like, your, your pants are hanging off of you. Yeah. You, you look like shit. Like, you know, and, and, and that was kind of the aha moment. Cause like you won't in that moment. Right. And I was talking to my coach about this this morning. You're not looking in the mirror because there's no way you're going to make the honest look at yourself and go, dude, I'm, I've got a, I've got a problem. This is not like, but, but when you're in that environment and everybody else is doing it, well then the problem doesn't seem so big because you know, you are who you hang around. Right. And just because they don't want to go anywhere with their life, you know, it's really easy to fall in that trap. Yeah. No, that makes sense. And it's, yeah, and it's one of those things where I made a conscious decision to pack up my shit and and move to Austin. I, I literally moved to Austin the next day, and and I'm not saying this is how everybody quits, but I was done. Like I was really? not done with the alcohol, not done with the alcohol, but I was done with the drugs. I was like, yeah. okay, you know, and and I'll, and I'll tell you a story, and this is what brings it home. Sorry if I get emotional. You are sitting at your desk in your apartment and it's your birthday and you're strung out because you haven't been asleep in two days and you're watching basketball and your parents are texting you where are you we need you know are we going to lunch are we doing and you're so embarrassed of what you are you're coming up with excuses on why you can't see them and mm -hmm. that's that's a true rock bottom moment yeah when you're when you're going how do we get here? Right. And I think people don't understand how quick the wheels can come off the, the wagon. Yeah. So.
I don't you I don't know if you've had any experience with anything like that, but but it it, it happens very quick. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. So you so now so you moved to Austin. What, what I moved happened? to Austin. I, I kicked I kicked the the hard drugs, which is impressive. still drinking, yeah. still drinking heavily, but kicked the hard drugs. Thank goodness, you know, and and got to a point where when you make and I and, and, and I'm sorry for anybody that it's harder than than them but i have a, a little of a military mind and I, I have an addictive personality and when i'm done i'm done like it's just you know and but then the drinking escalated right and then um i wound up getting in a car wreck um and having to move back home to beaumont and when i was there um i was living with my mom and i was not respecting her house and, and coming home late and, and and not really working and just you know just kind of like flailing a little bit yeah and uh i came home one day and 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 she she um she threw all my stuff out on the front porch and she said uh my house is in a hotel mm -hmm. figure it out uh and i broke down you know i i broke down and and, and cried and and I had a friend come get me um, and uh, let me kind of, you know, vent a little bit. And then, cause I was still in that victim mentality, right? Yeah. It's all come full circle. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, dude, what do I do, man? I don't, you know, like I, I what do I do? I don't have a job. I, you know, like, ugh, I don't have a car. I don't have nothing. Right. And, and so I'm over at a friend's house, you know, my best friend's house drinking and, and, and he was, his, his brother's like, look, dude, I ain't got much, but I got this. And, and what that was, um, was I slept in, on a single bed underneath, uh, the stairs mm -hmm. in a closet in his house for, uh, for like three months. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I had like 50 square feet, if that maybe 25 yeah. square feet and I had a fan and I had some clothes and you're in, uh, <laughs> You're in a closet uh, when you used to live across the street from NBA players in Houston yeah. on a country club house that was 3,000 square feet. And you're thinking to yourself, like, how did we get here? Like, 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 what was the steps that it take that you were a bright kid and you were this and that? And what I did is bitched about it for a little bit and then he got me a job uh laying brick and tile uh and the guy picked me up every morning at 5 a.m and dropped me off at 6 30 every day and i worked six days a week in the texas heat in july mm -hmm. uh which will sober you up real quick yep um and saved up money i lived off 40 dollars a month off ham sandwiches and I saved up enough money to buy my grandma's Explorer. And I got my bartender job back. And I started making 1400 bucks a week again. Mm -hmm. And I got an apartment and, and, and I think I've been running from that closet ever since. <laughs> good. Yeah, good. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you know, and, and you would think that the, you would think that the rock bottom would be that point in, the problem that I see in society right now 
is that we have made alcohol and marijuana so socially acceptable that if somebody drinks a case of beer, or, oh, that's just but that's just Frank. He likes beers. Yeah, it's cool, man. And, but it's not cool because if you think you have a problem, you probably do have a problem. Mm-hmm. And I didn't. And I didn't get drunk a lot, but I drank every day. Mm-hmm. And when I mean every day, I'm talking about every day for like eight, eight or nine years. Wow. Like you're talking two, three drinks a day. Still yeah. getting everything done, still working 80 hours a, a week, but you're in that cycle, right? Yeah. Of just not dealing with certain things. And, you know, it wasn't, things didn't start happening for me until I had a, 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 a coach literally sit me down and said, listen. This is when I joined my first mastermind. I got introduced to this guy. We're having this conversation. And it was my it was my holy shit moment. And he said, let me ask you a question. How long have you been dealing with labeling yourself as the reason your parents got divorced? And I said, eh, 21 years, give or take. He goes, okay, that's great. He said, you were 17, something happened. And then I want to ask you a simple question. What over that 21 year span were the stories that you've told yourself since then? Can you imagine the combining factors of those stories? He said, I want to, I want you to meditate. I want you to close your eyes. I want you to remove yourself from those stories. And I want you to focus on the act, the act of the divorce. And have you ever accepted any part of the divorce for the relationship you have with your father now, like it was mainly my relationship with my father that I was, that I was regretting and and Mm -hmm. it's like this bad cycle. It wasn't until I owned my part of it and said, okay, it's not all my dad. It's not all his reason. And when I owned it, I called him. I apologized, like really apologized for the first time the feeling was like 50 pounds of 20 years of BS just like washed off of me. Yeah. And it was the first time in my life I felt free of that. And, but what's crazy is it truly didn't happen for me for till two months later. I remember the day. I remember the time, March 2nd, eight 30 in the morning, we were at an Airbnb in the hill country and it was very foggy outside. And I was kind of walking, meditating, and I was listening to Kings of Leon. And you could barely see in front of your face because the fog was coming up for the morning. And I just broke down. Like I just started crying for like 20 minutes. And I forgave myself Mm -hmm. for the first time. And it was like stepping out of that just what I would classify as a band-aid up human being. You know, you're just covering band-aids, covering band-aids. And I, it was like I stepped into a new part of myself. And it was that day that started the transformation that you're seeing here in front of you. And it truly was, you know, what you would classify as an awakening to shed the, the, the versions of yourself that don't serve you anymore. Yeah. So that's interesting, right? You, you, Initially, you took responsibility or felt the blame of your parents' divorce. Um, and but, but with time, taking responsibility, not of that, but of, 
of just the relationship that you had with your father, owning that and saying, well, if, if I'm responsible for it, then I can fix it. Making that phone call. And that's what started that, that freedom or that, that release of what you'd kind of been dealing with. Right. Is that, does that make sense? hundred percent. And I think what we're dealing with right now in this year, if you look at COVID and every, in, in the, in the political race and whatever, I don't get into all that stuff, but there, there is a, there are people, mainly a lot of people that feel like they don't have control of their life. And the reason that you don't have control of your life is because you don't own it. Like the choices of wherever you are in the job that you hate, the relationship that doesn't serve you, drinking too much, there are choices that led up to that. But you have, you have not taken ownership of any one of those choices, so you blame everybody else. And by portraying a victim mentality, you are shutting the abundance of the world available to you. It's plain and simple. And, and it's so much deeper than that because you're telling the world that you're not good enough. And when you tell the world you're not good enough, it's going to show you that right to your face. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we're, we're so worried in the society about what we get out of it, what I deserve, what, what we get. When you turn that around, and what I started doing is I started helping everybody around me. And through helping everybody around me, I healed. Right? And I, and I think, I think we're, we're too concerned about what we get out of it, what we want, and what's the dollar amount that I'm getting. Yeah, you have to have self-worth. You have to have understand that, that commerce needs to happen. But you can also be worried about how it affects the people around you. You know, I was talking to a guy the other day who's a flipper. And I said, you know what, man? I, I got a great idea for you. How about you remove how much profit you make from the deal, put that to the side. And how about you focus on the fact of how many mouths you're feeding with your workers on the job site? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I said, what a, what a powerful way to look at um, what you do. And I think we remove the humanity from what we do sometimes. Yeah. Like, like I, every, I interviewed this guy this morning who has 140 units. He goes, I'm going to give you the best piece of advice I can give to any new investor. Understand that if you're going to be an Airbnb operator, uh, a single family landlord, a multifamily landlord, respect the decision to be a landlord and have some humanity behind it. Mm-hmm. You're, you, that's somebody's sacredness, they're, where their kids' memories are, where they grow up, where they want to feel safe. And I think we have somehow removed that from the business transaction that there are humans on the other side. You see it on the highways, bro. People trying to run people off the road and everything. There's a human in that car. Yeah, we forget. We forget. Yeah. And what I'm trying to bring back to society is that there are humans out there. And if you walk around and understand that everybody's dealing with something, then you're going to have compassion. Yeah. Somehow we've removed compassion from society and I can't stand it. Yeah. No, I love that. Everybody's fighting a battle. It's just a different battle than yours, but everybody's fighting a battle. Um, Amen. That's powerful, man. I want to jump back. Um, to the taking responsibility, uh, taking full responsibility. I, I love that concept. When when you are talking to somebody for the first time and you can tell that they're struggling a little bit, that they 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 are in a victim mindset. How what kind of conversation? What kind of questions do you ask them? And that's what I'll we'll push to our listeners yeah. here. But 
what are you asking them? What do you, how do you, what do you try and get them to start thinking to get them out of that victim mentality and taking responsibility for wherever they're at in life? So the great thing about me in, 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 I'm very unorthodox, but there is no harder person to get at than somebody trapped in a victim bunker mentality. Mm -hmm. There is no, because nothing that you say is going to matter because everything's the wrong thing. Exactly. Yeah. So what I try to do is I try to, I try to set it up first with compassion. I'm really sorry that that happened to you. I'm very sorry. But what you try to do is you want to, look, I bartended for 20 years at a high level. You want to gain their trust and then you want to come around the backside. Mm -hmm. And basically what you're doing is you're setting them up with trying to get them out of their own way, right? And something that I suggest when you're in the victim mentality, people have to understand, it's not the promises that you break to your significant others or your mom and dad. It's the promises that you break to yourself that destroy you. And there is so much hurt inside of you with yourself. That's why they're in the victim mentality. And so I have compassion, obviously. But, but what I do is because I was there for so long, I think it allows me to understand the mechanics of that and, and kind of slowly break it down. But you don't do it. There's certain people that are ready to change, mm-hmm. and, but, but something I've learned and the best advice I've ever got, cause I ruined my whole twenties doing this. I no longer give unsolicited advice. Yeah. Dude, with your podcast, with my podcast, somebody might hear this 10 years from now and it might be exactly what they need to hear. Yeah. But I can't control it. If you're ready to change, I'm here. I'm always here. Yeah. But, but what we're not going to do anymore right and i think you're the same way as i am what we're not going to do is we're not going to spend our time sitting around complaining doesn't get anybody anywhere right so what you're looking to do is you're looking to meet them on a level that they can feel trust and then you're looking what i try to do one of my favorite things is is get them out of their element right and look i apologize it's crazy i don't care deal with it but I, some of the guys that are like really rigid and like a little crazy, I'm like, go skinny dip. Like do something that you would have never done before. Yeah. Right. To, to, to just shake you loose because I call it the spoke in the wheel theory. The bike is rolling and the bike keeps rolling. And until you stick the stick in it, like you can't. And so what I try to do is anybody that works with me, you have to work out. It's not a question. Yeah. It's, it has nothing to do with the way you feel. Yeah, but 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 or like I don't care if you look good. There is an inherent quick fix to jump in the gym for five minutes, ten minutes that you could start changing the mindset and start getting small wins to start building up towards a bigger win, right? Yeah. Atomic habits, and yeah. and and I think that's the quickest way to kind of shake them loose. But I but I'm not gonna lie to you, man. It, it is a rough business. When somebody is bunkered in like that, and you know what I find a lot, uh, I talk to a lot of guys about this and try to give them strategies. A lot of wholesalers deal with this. You know, they 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 get to the the or the real estate agents deal with this. You know, somebody that's just hunkered down and doesn't want to hear it and stuff like that. It's because they're talking at them instead of talking to them. Mm-hmm. 
And when you, when you meet them on their level, I, you know, here's what I do in life. And this is a rule. I don't know where I got it from. It might have been my mom. I never want to talk on top of some, like, no, I talk on top of people. I can't help that. But what I'm saying is I never want anybody to think that I'm better than them. Yeah. Because the you're you're setting them back right away. Yeah. And and what I try to see is I try to see like does he have a Red Wings watch on? Does he have a Dallas Stars watch on? I try to go where they are instead of be where I am, right? Yeah. And maybe that's for my sales all 20 years, but it just it just makes the conversation so much easier when you're on their level instead of being above them. Yeah. Does nobody wins. Yeah, no, I like that. What so what role so Grant Cardone has this, you know, no negativity allowed. I don't know if you're familiar with Grant Cardone, but he has this no no negativity allowed rule which I which I really like. Um and what role in the so in getting somebody out of the victim mentality, what role does the their thoughts and their positive versus their negative thoughts? What does what role does that have? I mean, I'm sure it's profound, but what uh, I would I would you? say it's everything. Yeah. It's a hundred percent. Like I am the king. Like a lot of dudes bring me into masterminds just to call people out because I'm the king of catching negative speak. Like I'm the king. Yeah. I can hear yeah. it and five nope. And yeah. I stop it right there. Like I'm like, hey, we're not doing that. Because it I don't care how you talk. I, I really don't care. I don't care if you work out. I don't care if you don't work out. I don't care if you hang out with all ballers. The conversations that are going on in your head are destroying you. Like it is, if you are having these negative conversations, the first person that needs to believe in yourself is yourself. As Cat Williams would say, it's called (laughs) self-esteem. Like it's yourself. Like, because I'm telling you, if you ask anybody that's down or in a bad place, it is the negative conversation they're having in their head. Because somebody said something very true the other day. We would never, ever speak to anybody the way we speak to ourselves. Oh, man, that's so powerful. Ever. Yeah. So stop doing it. And I'm going to let you in on the secret. There's no hope. There's no wish. And there's no can in my world, baby. There's execute, destroy and conquer we don't dude that that stuff because there's no ceiling there's no ceiling in life everything is capable we have more opportunity i was on a phone call with a dude from ireland the other day like whatever we want is available you are telling yourself that you're not good enough and that's ridiculous yeah because because everything that you want is at your fingertips but you have to put in the work and you have to, to go out there and get it. And, and what it's first about, my favorite thing, and I did this, to, I think I did this to you the other day, my favorite thing to do to multifamily guys, multifamily dudes on their birthday is I say, happy birthday. I hope you, I hope you have a hundred unit in your inbox. <laughs> and, and they're like, oh yeah. And you know, because we're just setting the table, right? Yeah. You're, and, and, and I study, like, I love like, NLP and like, you know, like cognitive training and stuff like you're setting the table for the precedent for it to be brought into your world. Yeah, I don't think people put enough stock in that because it truly is, you know, manifest. You know, this is super. So yeah, so so for the listeners, I've known Austin for almost 
24 hours, right? We were introduced yeah. today. And I'm, I'll, so this is a little bit personal here, but I'm going to go on my level. I'm, in my mind, what happened yesterday in our conversation was super powerful. So we're messaging on Instagram and we had an engagement where you, you did just what you did. You know, you call, Hey, I think I scheduled a podcast, a time to be on your podcast in like a couple months. Me, I'm thinking, man, that's like two months out. And you're like, Hey, that's awesome because you'll probably have 55 units by then. And I'm like, whoa, crap. And what happened? So I've always, I've always felt that I'm a, I'm a positive person. Uh, and then I have a good attitude and, and everything. But what I realized is that I am and can be verbally out when I speak. But what, what, what a light came on yesterday, there's a lot of bull crap going on in my mind that's actually steering the ship, even though outside, you know, I'm, I'm a sales manager for our solar company. So I'm always, let's go, let's go. You know, I'm super positive and, and have a good attitude. But I'm like, actually, there's some stuff going on in my mind that I've got to address. And, and you called that out, probably not even on purpose. But what I realized is I'm not as positive and not as, um, just I, I do there is still some victim mentality even though I take full responsibility for everything I'm a no negativity kind of guy but I'm like man it what's on the outside isn't necessarily matching on what sometimes on certain days when I have, have a bad day or whatever what's going on on the inside and that was a super powerful lesson and I think people need to realize that like it's it's you you said it it's the conversation that we're not willing to speak that's the most powerful and having the strongest influence on our minds and our bodies and our, and our success, not what we say. Cause what we can say can be fabricated. It's that stuff going on that we need to address. And I, I, man, my mind just blew yesterday. Cause I was like, man, he told, he didn't mean to, but he called me out and, and, or, or more importantly, did I know exactly what I was doing? You you probably did. I, and I no. Think and what I'm saying to you is, I have a client, right? And he and he's an amazing investor. His health is not where he wants it to be. It's been a bugaboo for him for ten years. He can't figure it out. And what I made him do is, I made him write his financial goal to the end of the year, and I wrote, made him write the weight, and I made him post it in ten places in his house. So everywhere he walks, he has to see it. And you're just seeing it, and you're seeing it. And you're seeing it, and you're seeing it, and you're seeing it, and you're seeing it. And what people don't understand, I had a buddy yesterday, right? He's the, he's the best way he's ever been. He's down to 8% body fat. He's lost 50 pounds like me. I've lost 50 pounds. Young kid. He said, man, I wish I would have had 75 hard two years ago. My life would already be somewhere. And I go, you found it exactly when you were meant to find it. Yeah. And we are trying to get somewhere. We're trying to go somewhere. Everything in life that's given us to us is wrapped up in a separate part, not like we wanted it to. Yeah. Nothing happens the way it's supposed to. And understand that I get the, I get the, uh, like, man, I got to wait two months to do this call, but think how much could happen in 60 days and what story we can tell. And when I hit you on that day, we'll be right where we need to be. Yeah. And yeah. that is such a powerful lesson because the greatest dude, I am 
Mr. No Patience. <laughs> and my one of my high performance coaches said the greatest thing to me ever. He said, Austin, you will you will create anything you want in your life. You will support people, you will lift them up, you will do everything that you want to do. But you will never truly be happy if you realize that there's nowhere to give. There's always going to be another transaction. Mm -hmm. There's always going to be another deal. There's always going to be another thousand. There's always going to be another million. We as people, as, as alphas, have removed the humanity from investing. I would look at it in a different sense. You, as a multifamily investor, are supporting and creating and uplifting so many lives, right? And... We have obligation as a landlord, a real estate investor to create jobs because we as people, vision is bigger than others. And so you have to stand above that. And when you stand on that as your platform, they can't touch you mm -hmm. because you're working, you're, you're building towards an infinite sum game and they can't touch you. And that's what my boy said. Dude, my boy was doing cocaine at eight years old, living in a trailer park, eating cat food because he was so poor, like rats in his freaking room. First year of business, $6 million. And he says, listen, dude, my competitors, they don't stand a fucking chance. <laughs> he goes, you know why? Because I build my business on creating jobs for people and doing right by the homeowner. So I am working an infinite sum game. They're checking our Instagram stats. We're out there making it happen. Yeah. Everybody's got the game twisted. Look, you build a lifestyle and then you build a business around it. You don't build a business and then build your lifestyle around it. Everybody's got the game twisted. Because we're trying to get to a number, right? Uh, a unit count, uh, a portfolio number. And we're not asking ourselves what we want our life to look like. So, so say that we got to say that again. So you said build a lifestyle, then build a, build a lifestyle and then build a business around it, not a business and a lifestyle around it. We do it backwards all the time, all the time. And then we We're wonder, not, yeah. Then, then we, we wonder, wonder dude, I'm going to read you something. I'm going to read you something. Cause you have to read this. Go you ahead. Have to read this. Uh, my boy sent me this text blew my mind. Uh, because I was talking, I, I did an episode on fun. Nobody has fun anymore. We've taken fun out of life. It's the craziest thing I ever, I love that. He said, he said, uh, he said, he said, it's a look at the big achievement society industry because how they preach of getting off the rat race and then all they're doing is building their own hamster wheel. <laughs> it's I love truth. that. I I've wondered that before. <laughs> it's the truth because I want to ask you a question. If you seriously only need $3,000 to live a month and you could create a vehicle that does that, that allows you to be at all your kids' soccer games and all the things, my question to you is if you're making, if you want to make $9,000, where is the $6,000 that you need to make a month? Who's that coming from? Yeah, right. I don't think people are looking at that. And this yeah. is why the podcast that I created is called Construct Your Life. Because you're constructing a life, you're not building a business. Everybody's got it twisted. You know, it, it's funny because 
we just get the priorities messed up. I mean, you know, and, and, and our, our dreams and the life we want to live with family, with, with, with exploring the world and experiences and things that we that would, you know, that we want to have in our life, those should be the priority. Then we, we build a business that fits that. And we all, we all go through it in a different way. And then we wonder, well, why is my work-life balance messed up? Why can I never get to my kids things? Why do I, you know, why do I, why do I only get two weeks of vacation or whatever it is, right? A, a year. And I wonder why I'm never going to get to that, you know, go to Spain or whatever your dream is. And we wonder why we're stuck in this, this spot. It's because we, you created we, it. we went and got a job, built a business, and then we figured out how to try to fit our life into it. It's but more importantly, wait, but more importantly, you've obtained the things, meaning a car that you don't need, a house that you don't need to make you fulfill something that's lost inside of you. And then you've created your own jail cell. Yeah. Because, yeah. because, because I want it to all my dude. Okay. So my guys that, that are my mentors are all in a group called GoBundance. There's 275 millionaires. I have interviewed most of them or talked to them. Not most of them, but like 30 of them. Every single one of these guys has built a business. It's gotten ridiculously big and they've blown it all up because they're going, hold, hold, hold up, hold up. I'm bringing in 75K a month and I'm making, I'm only going home with 10. What the hell? The overhead is crazy. So he, he just fired all 35 agents, rebuilt the agency to seven people. Everybody does wholesale flips and, and residential. He's got no office. They all work from home and he's netting 50 K a month now with, with a, a pin, a fraction of the headache. We're yeah. all doing it wrong. Yeah. It's so funny because I, and I mentioned this to my wife sometimes I'm like, cause I, I still have a full-time job um, and I, in and, and real estate and, and this project is, is still on the side for me. But I, I joke with her all the time. Like she like Friday night, she'll like want to go out, you know, we'll go out and get dinner or whatever. Sometimes I'm like, I want to sit here. I'm never at this house. I've worked really hard to obtain and I make this mortgage payment and I provide for the family, but I never get to sit on my back. Yep. Porch. And I'm like, mm -hmm. that's messed up. Like something has to flip. Something has to change here. Mm -hmm. So, so, so what's, um, I, I love this conversation. We could probably go on all day long and I know mm -hmm. we can't, but I, I want to circle back around uh, to that, to, to the mindset thing, the victim mentality. Sure. What is an, and I know this is probably part of your coaching, which we'll definitely make sure that stuff's in the notes here, but can you give us a, a, a format or a ritual of something that we can do every morning just to check ourselves? Hey, where are you at? Are you taking responsibility for your life? Are you positive or are you in a victim mentality? Are you digging yourself a hole? Like how can we just check ourselves in the morning or maybe even throughout the day? I don't know. What's, what's some best practices you could I think I think the best practice somebody was uh, I was talking to one of my coaching clients this morning he was he heard a couple podcasts I've been on he was like dude you need to drill down on this gave me some great feedback I have surrounded myself with people that don't let you off the hook like I, I, I want to describe something about myself and I want people to under I want people to listen and I want you to think about if this is you because this was me for years my nickname's The Rhino, all right? And I come through, I'm loud, I know everybody, I'm networking. 
But you know what I realized that was? It was a mask. It was a mask because I didn't want I didn't want anybody to see how messed up I was inside and how no confidence I had. It wasn't until I got around people that don't let me lie and BS and call me out on my shit and get up in my kitchen that it that it made me really examine who I was. And it started with surrounding myself with when I realized that my dreams in my group were bigger than the people I was around, I had to find a different group. And it started with Miracle Morning. Everybody's different. You're just starting to do those little things. You know, you're, you're, you know, gratitude is talked about a lot, but I don't think people really understand. Right. And if COVID has taught us anything is that we had our priorities screwed up you don't need the gym that's an excuse you don't need netflix how many shows can you watch i was just on the road for six months living out of my car airbnbs 16 states wow you don't you don't need a lot no you don't need a lot but we have fashioned ourselves by well if i drive this car dude how about some gratitude for like dude i'll tell you something I had an epiphany a week ago. You know what? The only thing that people need in this world is opportunity. Mm. We as people will fold up and be done in a job when we have no opportunity. We as people, when the, when the town's not growing anymore, we we're done. We only need one thing in this world, opportunity. Every day you have an opportunity to be better. Yeah. And if you're getting 1% better every day, dude, here's what you need to know. I lost 50 pounds in two years and I lost eight pant sizes when I stopped drinking and I lost 25% body fat. And you want to know how many people care? Nobody. Because nobody cares work harder is my fucking slogan, <laughs> right? Because everybody has their own problems going on. So if you're doing it for somebody else, and you're doing it wrong yeah. because I'll let you know something right now. And this is my new thing I'm on. There was nobody there with me at 2 a.m. when I'm listening to Gary V. And he's just in my head till 4 a.m. Yeah. There's no, there was nobody there with me at 3 a.m. on the soccer field in 40 degree weather with my shirt off, slamming Imagine Dragons loud as I could ever do it, screaming at the top of my lungs, trying to rebuild a, a broken man. Mm-hmm. It was me. And I was in conversations with myself. And what I reverted back to was how can I help somebody? How can I do something to serve somebody else? And how can I keep a promise to myself today? One promise. And that's the foundation to retooling your life. And I tell you what, and it's not, it has nothing to do with me. So don't think I'm trying to sell myself, guys. I don't care. Excuse me or don't. But it was really getting a coach, man. I mean, having somebody in your corner that can call you on your shit, that knows your life, that allows, creates the space for you to be vulnerable, right? Because we as men, dude, does anybody understand the amount of fortitude it takes to break up a 13-year marriage? Like, to lose his dog, to lose a house that he has 150 grand equity in, 
that was his first investment property. And I just gave her the house because I knew it's what she wanted. Like I could have just stayed married for like many of years mm -hmm. and just been comfortable. But I, I always thought that there was something more, right? There's got, she's got to be happier. I got to be happier. But we distract ourselves with Netflix and alcohol and everything. And what's the point of having the marriage? What's the point of having the things if you don't get to enjoy it? Right? And we've, we've, we've removed the enjoyment from life because we're trying to, you know what, my client, he said, oh, I'll hire the chef and I'll work out and I'll do all these things when I get here. Yeah, but I mean, you could do it now. Yeah. Like, you know, and we have somehow put a time frame on when we're going to be happy instead of, so my new thing is this, and I challenge everybody to do this. Next time it's raining and you're in like good clothes, unless you got to go to like a graduation or something, I want you to stand in the rain. I want you to dance with your wife. I want you to take that trip you've always been taking because I could tell you a million stories of people that didn't make it to tomorrow that had cancer that didn't beat it. And they're, you're sitting at home on your fucking couch wasting your life away, not taking the trip that you wanted to take. And you're using COVID and politicians and all this shit as an excuse to not live your life. Yeah. Instead of looking in the mirror and asking yourself, there's gotta be more. And I'm seeking every day to be around people that want more because that stuff inspires me and it fires me up. And I wanna be around people. And by you not taking ownership of your shit, you're gonna continue to stay the same way that you are. Yeah. So that's the first step is just understanding that, that you have to, you have, look, there's no chance. And I wanna describe something that I think people can relate to. There's no chance that you're sitting at home at 10 o'clock at night when you don't even remember what you did that day. And there's no chance that you're not thinking and you're in bed, there's gotta be more. There's no chance. Yeah. So if you've thought it, if you questioned it, I do, I'll challenge you, YouTube, there's gotta be more. I'm sure there's a video on it. <laughs> but, but just make the step. Right. And, and, and go out and meet new one, you know, one friend, you know, you know, help somebody or anything like that. And I think I think you're going to find when you get out of your own way, I think I think we're a lot more powerful than we think. Yeah. So I love this. This is super profound. What what advice or now let's take that. What advice or how has this mindset and the understanding of what we've been talking about here? How has that helped you grow? your Airbnb business and, and how is that helping you succeed in your, in, in the business life or, you know, in the real estate side and tell us a little bit more about that, that part. I think you have to ask yourself and I, what I make everybody do, anybody that works for me, anybody that I coach, I make them take a personality test. It's called 16 personalities. It's online. It's free. It takes 10 minutes and it really describes on what you are. And I think we as entrepreneurs, I don't discount the fact that you have to do everything at first, but I think you could also farm out what you're not good at, meaning a VA or, or just a Fiverr account or something 
or you could do it all yourself. Mm. But keep track of your things and document what you're doing so you can later train somebody to fire yourself from your business, right? Yeah. But I think we as people, especially in real estate, I'm just as guilty. We get the shiny object syndrome. Well, I'm going to do flipping. I'm going to do wholesaling. I'm going to do this. And we're no, we're no longer allowed to grow. Like, dude, I love Andy Forselli because he straight up tells you like, dude, we made like 60 Ds, like was the most we ever made for like 10 years. Mm -hmm. And then boom, we hit. But this day and age, nobody's allowed to wait that long. Like, yeah. I'm just going to give up, right? Mm -hmm. But, but, but like, uh, one of my friends, Steve, uh, Steven, uh, Pesavino from Colorado, he's like, I'm going to do multifamily. So like, boom, he just dives in like, oh, I'm going to focus on, I'm going to focus on, boom, gets a 226 unit. Like, because that was his focus, right? Like he's going to put that to bed. But we, 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 like, let's say you're a wholesaler, right? And you're making this like crazy money, like 50 G. Well, I love the money. Well, yeah, I know, but does it fit your lifestyle moving forward? I, yeah. I, I can't answer that for you. Yeah. But why well, no? But I don't want to leave the money. Well, I know that. But but what if you what if you could give up half the money, get your life back, and empower somebody else to run your business? Like, yeah. holy crap, wouldn't that be good? And so we as leaders, real estate investors, need to understand that we're not good at everything. And if you can understand that as a boss, you, uh, you're, you work for your employees, they don't work for you. Mm -hmm. And, and my goal is to surround my people with my network and allow them every opportunity to grow. My assistant, he is uh, amazing at scheduling spreadsheets, organization, building systems. He's amazing. He ain't a salesman. He's, he's, he's not helping he's getting better at it but he's really he was really trying and i asked him i said why and he goes i go you have the best one on the planet sitting right as your boss and he goes holy shit i don't have to learn that yes let's go and i was like just double down on who you are but we're casey gray one of uh one of my one of my great guests, he's a huge builder, been doing it for like 12 years. Mm -hmm. And he says, if we are perfecting our weaknesses, we're just creating stronger weaknesses. How much sense does that make? That makes no sense. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> it makes no sense. No. Dude, you know how much I care about a spreadsheet in multifamily? Uh, zero. I'd rather run my head through this freaking table right here. But if you want me... If you need to meet 50 multifamily operators, guess who you can call? Me. Mm -hmm. I'll introduce you to everybody because they're all my yeah. friends. Yeah. But that's what I do. Mm -hmm. And then I have my business partner who loves underwriting spreadsheets and profit margins and everything like that. Because I read the book Rocket Fuel and it changed my entire life. Because I am the quintessential hardwired visionary to a fault. And I have to have people around me to keep me in my lane, mm -hmm. you know, and, and that's been my biggest bugaboo my entire life is staying in my lane. But as a coach and as a real estate investor, being more of a passive investor, I found my niche, right? And it's taken 38 years to get there. But the advice I would give to a brand new real estate investor is one thing, network. 
a lot, but add value and, and understand that somebody doesn't owe you anything, right? But also don't, here's my biggest thing with people and meaning mainly young investors. I am so sick of an investor that's done like three or four deals telling me that they haven't done any. I'm mm. done. You have done more than probably 60% of people. And you're telling me that your story doesn't matter. There's more people that would relate to you than they would relate to me, mm. than would relate to Gino Barbaro. And you're telling yourself that your story doesn't matter. At one point in your life, I heard this quote, that you should always have a mentor and be mentoring somebody. That's yeah. how life should be. Because you owe it to yourself to give back all the people that have helped you out. Dude, I'm having, next week I'm having three investors on that have never done a deal before. I'm gonna sit there for three hours if they want, two hours, and let answer every question they want. On Facebook Live, you know how many people, I, I put out a post, to be on the thing. You know how many people asked to be on it? Zero. What? I would have given my right arm to jump on that bad boy, right? Yeah, me too, but sign is, me up. <laughs> yeah, but this, is, but this is where we are, mm. right? Nobody's willing to do the work because it needs to be done tomorrow. Like, because it took, it. look, it, me too. Like my 20 years of waiting tables, I go, bartending, knowing all about wine, hotels. I go, what could that possibly teach me in real estate? Oh, everything. Mm. How to deal with people, how to interact, how to hospitality. And so we have discounted the stepping stones that take us to get to where we need to go. And we have put those in the back burner because we put them to bed. Yeah. When, when you tell me, and I don't want to get into your personal life, but when you tell me that you don't get to sit on your porch, like it breaks my soul in half that like, I don't know where you came from. We'll continue to get to know each other, but I would imagine there's a part of you deep down that has always dreamed of sitting on his porch always in his house. And the fact that you don't do that is a massive crime in humanity. And it needs to be rectified really quickly because you'll get more satisfaction out of that than any real estate deal you'll ever do. That's and, profound, man. Yeah. And, and, and we, but we, we prioritize what's the wrong things. You know why we, you know why we prioritize the wrong things? Because you're wanting those things for other people instead of what you truly want. But that's ego. It's all ego, dude. And, and I know, but like, okay, I know, but I'm invested in 2000 deals, 2000 units. Well, are you, or are you a point point one percent of a half point nine percent of a thing and you make a hundred dollars a month, or you could be like my boy, Tyler Chester, who owns a 50 unit straight out and is making more cash flow. He's basically retired from one unit. Yeah. That's a good point. Always in a rush. Yeah. So how do we, um, so if we, somebody that's got goals, right. And how do you be patient? How do you not get frustrated with the process and the journey 
in accomplishing these, those goals. Because I, I think the true value is, is who you're becoming in accomplishing that goal. But sometimes we get so frustrated and we just want to throw our hands up in the air because it's taking too long to get to where we think we want to be and accomplish these goals. I'm of the mindset to set massive goals. And sometimes they turn around and, and bite me because they're so massive. I get very, I can get impatient and frustrated that I'm not seeing progress towards them and I'm not accomplishing those goals. So how do we stay patient and just focus on the process rather than that destination? Yeah. Well, first of all, you got to get married to the process, divorced from the results. That's yeah. the main thing, but here's, here's the bigger issue. And I'm glad you brought it up because you just popped something in my head that I've never even thought of before. Massive goals are great. But have we created any goals in the interim to keep the juice flowing? Yeah. You get what I'm go. saying? Yeah. I heard, a re- I heard a report the other day, right? Bro, I'm your guy. Did you lose 50 pounds? You're like, bro, I want to look like a Greek god. Damn it. I can't lose my belly fat. It's driving me crazy. <laughs> you know? But, 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 but I feel so bad. I feel good, right? And so there was a neuroscience guy on Ed Milet. He said that they found out through a study. You ready for this? Blow your mind. You actually get more dopamine from the pursuit of a goal than the actual obtaining of the goal. That's awesome. We have it backwards, but here's the problem. I'm all about big goals, but you got to give yourself some wins in there to keep the momentum flowing. But more importantly, and, and everybody pushes back at me when I say this, and I apologize, get over it. I think goals are meaningless. And the reason I say that is simple, just like you're saying. You know what I live my life out of? Intention. Yeah. My intention is to be a good person. My intention is to show up in a room with the proper energy. My intention is to be a great human. My intention is to lift up everybody around me. My intention is to dance once a day. My intention is to be a better than I was yesterday. Because I'm letting you know something right now. The 220, the 2020 version of Austin Linney can't walk through the door of 2021 Austin. He doesn't exist. So when I live my life through intention, the goals are binary because I have all the energy I've ever needed. Kyle Cease wrote a book. He went on a juice cleanse. And he gained weight. <laughs> and he threw the scale across the room and broke it and said what the f and then he realized that his intention was to feel good well if his intention is to feel good who cares what he weighs yeah so i stopped weighing myself yeah Yeah, we're all living our life on a scoreboard remove the scoreboard and the rest of the shit doesn't matter i love that man so so Somebody's trying to get into real estate, um, a brand new guy um, trying to jump in. You can tell him one thing, like one little tidbit of information to help him in his journey. What do you, what are you telling him? What's the advice you give him? Never lie about where you are in your journey. And by doing that, people will open themselves up to help you. But by you putting on a front, by you claiming that you're somewhere where you're not, people will call you out. And they'll find you out and understand that everything in this world is available. 
I got I got dudes in my life that are 22, 21 and have 186 units. It's crazy. And I'm man. I'm like I was trying to find a pair of pants at 22. <laughs> but this is where we are with YouTube and the information that's available and do you know how many people I've met in the last week that said I was sitting at home and I was bored and I go I I typed in how to make money in real estate quickly and now they're wholesaling seven deals a month. You know how much money that costs to wholesale? Zero dollars. Yeah, zero. But we have decided that we we don't deem our, you know, we don't deem our seat. Oh, okay. I got a perfect. I got a perfect. Oh, this is so great. I interviewed him today. I just remember this. My boy has 140 units and 38 Airbnbs. He's been in the game for a minute. He has a degree in economic and financing from like a great university. And guess when he tried to get a job? 2007 <laughs> and he had to come back home and the only job that was available was a maintenance worker at a four-unit multifamily complex he got a call one day from a tenant to go clean up the mess there was a foot of shit in the apartment with water everywhere and he's in a vacuum going what the what the hell am I yeah. doing here? I don't deserve this. I'm better than this. And he went to his dad and said, I'm going to quit. I'm better than this. And his dad said, I'm going to give you a piece of advice. Just hang on a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. Just for me, just, just a little bit longer. It's longer. And so he befriends the owner. The owner gets a divorce and wants to move back to Sweden and the owner sells him the building for a song. Mm. He was 21 years old. He had no idea what he was doing. And he said, you know what? Screw it, man. I'll yeah. just figure it out. And that's how he got into multifamily. That's because awesome. he took a job that he didn't guys. We don't know the story of our life and we don't know what's placed in front of us. We don't know who's placed in front of us. Because now this man over here has me in his life because of Evan Holiday who introduced us. Yep. And now he's better for it and I'm better for it. Yep. I was just laying in bed. We don't know. But understand that when I'm all in, I'm all in on Justin. I'm all in on his success because I care about other people. I don't think that enough people are all in on other people and themselves. I love that, man. This is so profound. I honestly, and it's so, as I started this podcast, I've, I've learned, you know, there's a lot of podcasts that will give you a taste of like how to do a certain thing, how to wholesale, how to flip. And, and that's what I intended this to be when I initially started it, but it's, it's spun into, I, I, I have found that we're talking about stuff that's outside of that, but, but I believe more important, you can read a book and learn how to wholesale, but we really need to have conversations like these about about controlling your mindset and, and getting out of that victim mentality and, and i find that i mean we could have talked about airbnb your journey into multifamily. i'm tired of airbnb i don't want to talk yeah, about I mean, it. we could have do that shit and then, <laughs> then there's probably people that want to know how to do airbnb but i'm like this i believe is more important get your head right get be get a, a good ability to control your mindset and airbnb or whatever it is you know you do you know what we do in life we, we try to learn too much about something. And, and what I mean by that is you can learn. You've got to have a basic knowledge. But you will learn more by doing than you will ever learn by 
by learning. And yeah. I've just gotten to a point where, where I can teach you about Airbnb if you want. I'm bored out of my mind about it. But what I'm saying is when I talk to my mentors and the people that I respect, you know how much we talk about real estate? Never. Yeah. We talk about kids, life, mindset, yeah. because I'm letting you know that mindset is everything. Because you know what changed my life? And I don't know if this has happened to you. When I met syndicators that had a thousand bucks in their bank account and they were, they were, they were closing on $15 million multifamilies. That's when I was like, Oh, this is not even real. This is just all in your mind. That's when the whole thing changed for me. Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh, they're going after a deal because a deal's a deal. And I think that's where everybody gets it twisted. It's just, it's just, dude, it's just mindset. Yeah. Yeah. No, because I love if that. You, if you have the asset, the money will show up. Yeah. It, it, you could be an expert in Airbnb or wholesaling, but if your mind is messed up and, you, and it's not in the right place, you're going to struggle no matter how much you know of a topic or what, no matter what your skills are. Mm-hmm. If, if you can't control that mind. And, and, and so I, I feel like that's where the podcast is gone. It's just such a focus about the mindset because I don't feel like it's talked about enough. We don't ask ourselves the hard questions, which you're really good at doing and, and calling it like, like it is. I think that is where a lot of people, beginners or even people that are a little more seasoned in it, there may be some mindset thing that's still holding them back. Like I realized yesterday, there's still some negative talk I got to clean out. And, and, uh, that's super powerful. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you a hard question right now and you don't have to answer it right now, but, 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 but I'm really sticking on the fact that you're not sitting on your porch enough. That's like really burning a hole in my soul. I want you to have a conversation with your wife tonight or this weekend. And I want, and I'll email it to you. It's a five-year vision. It's very detailed. Take your time with it. But I want you and her to be on the same page of what you want your your life to look like. Yeah. And, and and what I mean by that is you might come to the realization that it might not look like you thought you might want it to look like. And you could be done at 40 units. And you probably won't be, because you got to keep the mind active. But I but I was watching a fire the fire document, you know, the fire movement, like live below your means, save your money, blah, blah, blah. He said something to me that changed my entire life. He said, we are retiring young, not to stop doing things. We are retiring young to allow ourselves stability to do the things that we've always wanted to do. Exactly. Yeah. Do I don't think we think about that enough. Doing what matters rather than what we have to do to pay the bills or whatever. No, the, I, I'm, and it's so funny that you mentioned that five-year plan because ever since our conversation yesterday, and guys, and I'm not just saying this, like, you need to pay attention to what Austin's doing here because it was, again, it was, it was like six messages and all of a sudden my, my world was spinning, but I was, but I, 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 this morning I was like, man, I need to, I need to go back and I need to re I need to nail down what it really looks like in four or five, six years because anytime that I feel like I get into a funk and that negative uh, talk props, uh, uh, you know, pops up, it's usually because I've lost my focus and I've lost the vision of what, of where I want to be. And, and I'm not revisiting that often enough. So it, that's strong. man. I, I, I definitely am going to have that conversation with my wife. I thought I'm like, Hey man, we need to, 
go to dinner and have a good talk because uh no let's do it what what, what part of utah are you northern utah so like uh logan area okay well done i'm looking for any excuse to come back so we're gonna come out there yeah yeah it's it's fall time so it's super beautiful out there with all the leaves changing a couple months you come and go skiing or snowboarding or whatever that would be awesome too i'm hey you got it done yes do it man it's on the books man let's do it but i'm telling you right now be careful what you wish for because what i'm trying to set up bro is I want to do like David Goggins coaching where I roll in for 48 hours and I'm at the gym with you. I'm in your face. Yeah. And like, I don't allow you off the, you know what I'm saying? I just like, I'm all in there, you know? (laughs) And let's document the whole thing. People will get. Yes. Yes. I'm all about it. I love it. All right, my man. Listen, this has been awesome. I have learned so much, um, so much. And I, I, again, I am, and I've been in this whole no negativity, positive mindset thing for years, but I I'm still learning and I'm growing and you've definitely turned some lights on for me. So, um, where can, where can people reach out to you? Where can people learn more about you and and contact you? So, yeah, so I'm a high performance coach for real estate investors, people trying to better their life. That's my passion. That's what I do most of the time. We've got a podcast called construct your life. You'll be on, uh, in a couple of weeks uh, after you get your 60 unit, so we're going to talk about the how you bought it, how you how you flipped it around. It's going to be amazing. And then uh, if you just uh, DM me on Instagram, Austin Lenny, uh, I'm everywhere. Facebook, trust me, I'll answer. I want to help anybody I can. So please reach out. And I just really appreciate you having me on, my brother. Austin, it's been great. Let's stay in touch. Let's uh, let's hit the slopes too in the next couple of months. Dude, you got it, man. But I ski. I don't snowboard. So that's fine, man. I don't hold I, it against yeah. you. I, I snowboard. I snowboard but All right, my man. All right, I man. appreciate it. Yeah, take care. Thanks for listening to the Money Maven Project Podcast. A true maven shares knowledge with others. So be sure to share this podcast and leave a review. Thanks so much. And until next time, live life with intention.